Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Take TV podcast for round 12 review and heading into round 13. The, the first buy round is over. Uh, we mostly had stinkers. George had a good week, but we'll get to that in a sec. Today, we're going to cover um, our, our plans for this week, the second buy round, round 13. Discuss a few players, especially the ones off the buy who we're targeting. Uh, Baz and Bont in the forward line, uh, a couple of talking points about them. The rookies we're looking at going to need some downgrade options across the next couple of weeks as well. So we'll discuss them. We'll look at the captaincy and vice-captaincy, as we always do. And then we've got a quick Q&A at the end as well to wrap it up. So we'll, we'll try and keep this one short. We always say that every week. It, it never happens. But how are we, guys? Uh, we'll head to JD quickly. He's got he's got a, a word for our sponsor. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Eno. Um, it, you know, I've been uh, – well, I bought a house last year, as um, a lot of people in the court may know. And I've been doing a lot of gardening during that time, you know, trimming out bushes, trees, all that type of stuff. And one thing I have noticed is that when you trim around the base of the bush or tree, it makes the tree itself look a lot bigger. And we could actually use a football example for this. Think about Dean Cox, one of the best ruckmen of all time, 204 centimetres, 100 plus kegs. And George will hopefully be bringing up a photo of him on screen right now for this gag. Otherwise, it doesn't really work as a transition whatsoever. But if you look at Cox's photo, you, you hardly even make him out. You don't know that he's this big, impressive, six-foot-eight, you know, ruck that dominated the game for years. And you could think about other analogies in your life where you'd like your Dean Cox to look big, but it doesn't for whatever reason. Now, if you go to a second photo, maybe where you've removed some of the bulldogs, you've trimmed them back away, you've removed them from the pack, there he is, Coxie standing big, proud and strong. Now, I'm not saying that uh, we can turn you into a six-foot-eight giant, but we may have some help at manscaped.com where we could make your Dean Cox stand tall and proud. Use code FTTV for a 20% discount and free shipping at checkout and uh, look at some of their great products that could help you get in shape, fit and firing, get the Bulldogs out of your pack. Uh, now, back to Supercoach. My week itself wasn't nearly as good as that seamless transition. Uh, I think it was low 1700s for me. Pretty much everything that went wrong, they could go wrong, did go wrong this week. Uh, and it's just kind of continuation of you that's otherwise been poor. I mean, they say, what is it that um, uh, it's only under pressure that you can form diamonds? Well, my team is definitely just falling apart under the pressure. There are no diamonds being formed whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a great week. I traded um, uh, Zorko out for English, which I think was a points loss and, and hurt my buy structure as well. Um, not naming names, but, you know, someone like George may have pressured me into doing that. And I think I also fixed up uh, one rookie, so Carroll into Mitch Owens, who I'm pretty confident plays this week. Uh, and that did help the buy structure because I don't see Carroll coming back and playing in the coming weeks. Uh, George, how did you go? Um, better than you two, I think. So uh, scored uh, 2,016, ranked 4.4K. I did traded our beloved Isaac to Tim English, lost points, traded dirt into Owens, needed to cash him in. I ranked 4.4K. So, yeah, I think we all – do we all lose points on trades this week? Probably. Um, but I think moving forward, I think English – half the reason why I went Heaney out because I feel like someone had to go for English because I had six forwards. And I feel a bit more comfortable downgrading R3 to a loop with English in my team so he can cover if required. So – that was the reason for that. Hopefully, he goes well. And um, yeah, I'm sure yeah. you're glad you got rid of Zorko because he played forward pocket for the first half. He just scored at his ass. So you'll be thanking me in a few weeks. 
He had, I think, one CBA for the game, which is his lowest in about six, seven weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I won't spend too much on my team. 1,700 as well. Did Heaney to English as well and Carroll to Owen. So pretty similar trades across the board. But, yeah, drop ranks sitting at 17K. So, um I think two weeks ago, I brought in Baz and Petraka for steel and I think an upgrade. And that's just been the worst boost you could probably imagine um, getting. I don't even know what the combined points between those two are over three weeks, but it's stuff all. I'll tell you that. So, um, yeah, Baz has got to go this week, but that's something we'll talk about later. Can I just um, say, it's the yep. fine. You guys had bad weeks, but it's the fine margins. Like I have Gorn, you have Darcy. That's 150 points. You guys went Baz the week I went Laird. That's yep. another 80 points, plus you butchered your captain and have Stuart. That as um, well. Eno. Yep. And JD, I think, well, Dugowie got a 90, but I think everyone else has like a Brody. Yep. So it's like you okay. can you can just see it's it's three picks makes like 300 points. So it's, um yeah, it's very unforgiving year, but I think you guys will bounce back this week um, now that you don't have Battersmith anymore. And uh, you might actually have an extra premium because you, if you trade him out, whereas you were planning to hold, are you holding JD? I will talk about that. I haven't actually okay, thought about that. Yeah, we'll talk Sorry, about that. Sorry, I just but, totally fully interrupted I, you. I know about I, you. Well, I did say that to you, George, before the pod. I scored 1,700. If I captain Took, which I was going to, I changed it four minutes before the game. Don't ask me why. Um, and if Stuart just went 140 instead of 40, then I've scored 1,900 and we're sitting here. I'm going, yeah, probably held rank or went up a bit, but. Yep. Anyway, that's a buy round. That's what they are. You got to get lucky sometimes. Um, so we're going to quickly look at how we're shaping up for this week. Um, what our team's looking like. Uh, George, you want to go through yours? Or I'll just say I, I did deploy my captain in the Gold Coast game. I just happened to pick the wrong Gold Coast play. That cost me another fifty points as well. Uh, you uh, bit, yeah, like yeah, yeah took out scored him by fifty, which is just yeah, pretty yeah. wild. To be honest. Yeah, he was he was on like I think a hundred or ninety at three quarter time, and I was like, I this still feels like a terrible captain choice. And then other people had gone and whatnot. So one seventeen ended up being like quite quite poor on the week, as you as you'd know, Anna. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my eighty seven wasn't great either. No. Uh, so how many primos and how many rookies are you looking at this week, George? So last week I had just the five rookie, uh, five premiums out and fielded 19. Uh, beloved uh, Connor McDonald didn't quite live <laughs> up to expectation. But it's another cut. week. <laughs> Not this week. Uh, it'll be back this week, guaranteed. Lock it in. Um, but I am fielding just the 13 premiums and four to seven rookies. I'm anticipating 18 all going well without Jacob Ware. And also depends on whether I actually get a downgrade that's playing. So I'm actually not even planning for a downgrade. But, you know, I'll probably be fielding, you know, Conor McDonald played forward most of the game. Um, Rioli can score anywhere between 5 and 80. Um, Hobbs, he's a good one. But a few, you know, very dodgy rookies that I've got that I'm anticipating that this week I don't think I'll be going up this week just because of how light I was on last week. It's uh, This week will be a bit tougher. So... Uh, not looking great, but I'm just kind of glad I'm fielding. I should be able to field 18, to be honest, but not expecting a rank jump this week. How about you, JD? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the other two weeks are meant to be my good weeks. This middle week was going to be my bad week. It just looks like all of the weeks are going to be bad weeks for me now. So I think uh, I'm going to have either 13 or 14 primos playing, depending on whether or not I trade Bailey Smith. 
uh, and I'll have maximum 18. I think I'd need Hamilton coming back to play to make 19. So I'm in a pretty precarious position because if for whatever reason, like uh, someone doesn't get up, I'm 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 going to be fielding 17. I actually just can't trade to, to field a full team. Uh, beyond that, I think I've got 15 coming into the week. So yeah, I'm in a pretty poor position, I'd say. Yeah, uh, myself, I was, so 17 pre-trades total players. Um, and then I'm making three trades because I'm pretty sure I'm trading Baz. I'm pretty certain of it. So that makes 20. That counts on where though, or where, to make the 20. Um, otherwise, there'd be 19. I think everyone else should play, you know, counting Owens. And I don't really have anyone else dodgy. Uh, so that'll be 13 premiums. And then I'll say seven rookies, but maybe it's six if uh, one of them doesn't get up. So 19 and possibly 20 on fielding. So... Um, I think that's going to be up the top up top end of most coaches this week. You know, I think most are struggling for 18 or just got that. So hopefully that puts me in a positive direction. But um, as we saw with this week, you just never know. So um, I think that's looking as good as it can for, for this uh, dreaded dreaded buy. I think we're going to see some capitulations this week. A lot of people <laughs> that I've seen are not in the greatest spot. Even me, I, I feel like I'm glad I should be up for 18, but... A lot of rookies that are probably going to score 40 if I'm lucky. So, um, yeah, people that are short this week, I think in a bit of trouble, especially if you load up, you know, dogs and swans forwards, you know, midfield, a lot of good mids, as well as, you know, Stewart and Dawson down back. So, um, we're going to see some fluctuations this week, this, yeah, this round. I think the rookie luck does come into it too, doesn't it, in the buys. So, you know, there's uh, not everyone's got the same set of rookies, but, you know, say we get a good Rioli score who JD doesn't have, you know, that's going to, propel us up or people had roses last week for an 80 yeah <laughs> i had day cost for a 110 you know if you just get that at the right time that can really help so that's again stuff you can't really predict but that's that's the nature of it um we're going to go line by line and just a couple of um talking points across the lines and mo- mostly shaped around those who are coming off the buy that uh, people are looking to trade in um so i think a big one and probably number one is in defense and that's uh sinclair versus doherty and um, the prices are slightly different. I thought I was going to be priced out of Sinclair uh, this week myself, but now with Baz going, I've got enough cash to get him. So um, this might be a choice between people um, if they're, they're probably finishing off their defense, I would say. So let's go around the room, guys. What Talk us through Sinclair and Doc and then who, who you'd probably finish on. Uh, JD, what's your thoughts on, on those two? Uh, so I would lean Sinclair of the two. Uh, I might be forced into getting both of them anyway. Um, yeah, I think, uh, Doherty is just a tricky one because he's, we've seen him fade out more than we have Sinclair over the past. You just don't know how he's going to hold up through the back end of the year. Um, I, like, I think we've probably seen enough to suggest he's going to be okay. He's not going to like fall off the steep cliff or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, I'm like really starting to believe in Sinclair as an option and a leader of that club and just think he can kind of go from strength to strength. Yeah, yeah he's, quite he's surface been... level, quite surface level insight, but just really enjoying how he's playing. And I think um, St Kilda rely on him a little bit more to create and and be that quarterback out of defence, where Carlton have more playmakers and more people that can distribute the ball. So um, if they decide not to go through him for periods, like it wouldn't be unreasonable. Where I just can't see the same happening with the Saints and Sinclair. Yeah, the Blues have got Saad averaging 100 as well. And I think, well, Williams is out of the team. But, yeah, you're right. They've got a lot of lot more options down there, um, whereas Sinclair just seems clear number one. Down there, George, do you lean the same way? 
I think we've had this discussion for a few weeks now. I think it's yeah. a bit tough. I'm going Sinclair, I think. Um, my reasoning is mainly around the preseason and the Sinclair's back half, I think, was 95 last year. I think I don't think he's done 113, which is what he did this week. He's played, I think, North and the Crows back-to-back, so two 130s there. Um, Hunter Clark's supposed to come back in, I think. I have no idea where he plays because they planned for him to be a midfielder, but I don't know if he makes it as a midfielder. So I'll keep an eye on that. Um, but yeah, if Tom Stewart had, was, had his buy last week, I would still take him for 600k. However, um, just the way buys worked out, and I guess the, the money helps a little bit as well. I'll probably go Sinclair. They use him a lot back there, and there's nothing wrong with Doherty. It's just, I don't know. He's uh, had a fair few durability issues over the past few years, and I don't know if he runs out the year as well as Sinclair looks prime too. Like Sinclair ran out the last year a lot better, but it's very minor things that probably don't count for much anyway. I, I'll pay for Sinclair, I think. But if you can't get to Sinclair and you got to go Doc, like that's no issues. No yeah. issues there. Yeah, I think I'm the same. Um, Sinclair, probably don't need to speak too much more about it. We'll, we'll try and get get through the, the rest of the stuff. Um, Lockie Whitfield is just another one that some people may still be holding uh, off his buy. Um, and it's come out today from the Giants that um, he's still managing that ankle injury, which obviously he was and playing through for, for a few weeks. And, but they expect him to train and put his hand up um, for selection this week. So I guess keep a watch on that. If, if he misses, would you would you trade him if you still had him um, to get an extra player? You probably had to, especially this week. Just like it's probably, it probably puts you down to like 18 or 17. So you'd probably have to, I would say. I, it just, it's hard because you were probably already planning to trade three players out of the middle by anyway. So it's not like trading which one and one of them is better. Yeah, that's true. I think... I think. I mean, I think you had to trade him the week before the buy, anyway, just because he was already missing two at that point, and you didn't know if he was coming back. Um, I'm pretty concerned if he's still managing it. Like, if he's he was a test, right? Like, it's not even like he's managing it, but he'll play. But he's he's a test. That's like pretty concerned. Get through training. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like I'm pretty. I'd be pretty tempted to trade him and move him on. George, you agree? Trade next. Yep. Let's move on. All right, the midfield. Um, it's been, uh, yeah, as I said at the start, my disaster trade. Well, disaster trade of the last month. I can probably pick out one every every few weeks. But, yeah, for me, that's been Petrarca. And, look, it's not something you can really uh, blame him for. He came down with the flu the week before and played through it. Um, and then maybe was still feeling the effects this week. He still got 25 touches. It was just a sort of classic Petrarca game you see where he, he doesn't use it very well. But, um yeah, I brought him in three weeks ago. Got a 114, looked nice, and it's been a 50 and a 70 since. But, um, yeah, he's going to be down 500K, maybe even below um, after his buy. So, yeah. Um, would you still encourage or, or uh, you know, say he's a good pick for people to pick up as their, their very last mid, George? Uh, yeah, for t- he went 120 plus the post-buy last year. So, uh, yeah. you know, he's a proud well, player. Know. Melbourne Melbourne need a win now. <laughs> like... It looked like they were going to finish first. Now it's a bit more up in the air. They they need a they need him to be firing. Um, I still wonder if like he's managing the knee. Um, but he's been good. I think he, he's probably fine. He works really hard. He's a proud player. He'll he'll bounce back. If I can get to Mills, Parish, Walsh, whatever, I'd go that route. 
over Petrarca. But if it's in your price range, uh, I'd still probably go Petrarca over Brayshaw. Yeah, who I was going to speak about next, but any other shorts on Petrarca, JD? No, I think post-buy Petrarca is a good one to pick up. Whatever the injury, health, sickness concerns have been once to pass that point, he'll come good. I mean, it's also like, let's be real, they've lost the last two games, which is um, an anomaly, really, on their season. Uh, they have got more top eight teams to play in the back half of the year, but you think after taking a couple of losses already, then having the bye recouping, you're going to see a pretty hungry Melbourne towards the back end of the year. So I'd, I'd back in Braish, uh, sorry, Petrarca to rebound and and still be close uh, to that top eight mark for the for the back half of the year. Yep. I mean, that goes with Brayshaw, these two guys, is that you're probably not trading him in this week. These are two guys that you'd be looking at as your very last mid uh, post their bye uh, to bring in. So, yeah, I guess I'll ask again, George, speak about Petra- uh, Brayshaw for a bit, but who would you be? Uh, who would you endorse more after that for someone's very last spot? Would it be still be Petrarca over Brayshaw or...? I think so, up to the buyout. I think Petrarca's a fantasy pick. He's like scoring like a pick in that format. Like he was, I thought he was best on ground and he only scored like 110 this week. So it's like a lot of uncontested marks. He had a lot of contests on the weekend and he's probably underscored. Um, but I think uh, Petrarca, a bit higher. Petrarca's contested rate is a bit higher than Brayshaw's. Yeah, I'm talking about Brayshaw before, but I'd probably still lean towards Petrarca. But honestly, I don't really want either. And rather mm. Walsh specifically, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, so we'll say Brayshaw, someone's getting in. Sorry, JD, but, just quickly. Say uh, someone's getting in Parish and Walsh this week, right? They're spending up 620. Then they have to get Brayshaw or Petrarca yeah. the next week. Would you prefer that yeah. or get Merritt this week and then do someone else? Oh, I'd actually probably go, I'd probably What's go better combo? I think Merritt because you get him for an extra week. And then do your six hundred k mid uh, last. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So merit this week, and then Mills or Laird next week's probably the play over. Getting Parisha Walsh this week, and then Bray or Petraka yep. post bar. Yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to ask because it's a, probably a common situation for people. I was going to say like yeah. a from like a fantasy fantasy perspective was a total <laughs> cheat code, and it's it's what you saw on the weekend is like what he what he's been doing all year, which is when Fremantle looks to go inside in the corridor. Brayshaw is the one that's working free to get the like 25 meter, 40, 45 degree angle chip kick into the corridor, um, which will then move it on pretty quickly. So it's like a really quick plus six for fantasy. Um, but in terms of super coach, it's an uncontested mark with an uncontested kick, usually not long effective. Sometimes it is. And so it could be sideways. It could be just handballing off to a runner. And so it's like really interesting to see where that like gets lots of points in fantasy once you do a few of those. Um, versus a few of those in Supercoach can be relatively low points, even though they're actually up like important link-up um, possessions in the chain. Uh, so I, I think a little bit like George, I, I thought he was one of Freo's better players in the weekend, but it didn't translate through to Supercoach points just because um, they're like large elements of his game that are uncontested, where you compare to someone like Brody or the dishing out massive, massive points for all the contested handballs. Uh, and then lastly, I mean, we spoke about it a bit last week with uh, the, the mids off the bye here, the big guys. So Parrish, Walsh and Josh Kelly, I mean, we ranked them last week. We probably don't need to spend, you know, long on it if, if at all. So quickly just rank them again, George, have you, who have you got there out of those three? Can we add Mills and Led for the... I mean, you've got them there, but obviously you're not getting them this week, are you? So we can talk about them next week. Yeah. But... 
I know you want to talk about Laddy, mate. Yep, okay. he's your gun. <laughs> he got you one thirty. <laughs> most people, most people have six mids at least, probably seven, and yep. maybe they want to grab a defender or which is no forwards this week, but maybe they want to grab a defender this week and wait for a forward okay. for a midfielder next week. And that's my position. Okay, so yeah, I asked for myself. Gotcha. So um, you'd get a defender first, bypass Parish or Walsh, and then go Mills or Laird instead. Well, I well that's the thing. I still don't know. Well, I have Laird, but I'm still considering Mills. Against, Mills over them, yeah. Over Parish and Walsh. All right, we'll talk through so, it. Then. We'll talk through it. So, go through all five. So just to repeat, I mean, you're uh, writing Jelly off. You don't want no. You're not going to endorse him ever. Well, so. honestly, I think he's going to do a bit of damage the way things are going. But we know how things go with Kelly every year. So you this, get, get think, in this week, North Melbourne. So. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So go through Kelly, it, Par- Kelly Parish, Walsh, Mills, Laird. I'll try and order the five. So I think one for me is still Laird. Um, probably two. Uh, who did I say had a Parish and Walsh last week? I forgot. Parish. Okay, so Laird, Parish, Walsh, Mills, Jelly. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. They're all basically one twenty mids right now. Yeah. Uh, in current form, so um, you'd love to have all of them, but most of us only probably have two, two max. I would say max of these, uh, if if that. So. Where do you sit, JD, with those five? Uh, so I'm taking the extra week of uh, probably Walsh, Parrish, um, Kelly in that order. Then I'd have Laird, then Mills. Okay, no, so no, that's, no. That's because of buy you... consideration. If there's no buy consideration... Forget the, buy, forget the buyers. Yeah, but you can't forget the buyers because we're, we're playing the buyers now, right? Like, yeah. if people are going to trade these in this week, I would not trade in Laird or Mills because they're on their buy, and I'd rather have an extra week of any of the other three. Um, once we're in round 14 and you're picking between all of these, right? So there's no buy consideration. Laird is my clear number one of those five at the moment. Okay, interesting. Um, it's tough. They're splitting hairs here, but I think I have, uh, I think I have Parrish at the top just because of how dominant he is in that midfield, like clear number one. Laird's the same though, so I'd, I'd have him up there probably second. Then I'd have... Sam, I've just still got consent. Mills went off again this week with another. I think he, concern. I think he just gets taped up. This is the Every fifth week. time it's happened. Yeah. Every week, but fully fit, he's up there too. Um, so I'll put him fourth, but that just seems ridiculous. But, um, yeah, and then fifth. But <laughs> Jelly could outscore all these guys. He could yeah. finish one thirty for the rest of the year, and he wouldn't be surprised. So, so you have to run home good. Uh, not too sure. Not too sure. We've got North this week, right? North, Dogs, which is not great. Collingwood, which is fine. Hawthorne, that's good. But to uh, put it Port, simply, I don't think we think any of them are bad options. Bruce, besides yeah. maybe Jelly with durability issues, but they're all good. So really it comes down to preference. End of the day, and then who are you going first? Are you going to defender now, waiting for Mills, or are you going to go, you know, Parish or Walsh now? Um, get an extra, pre- you know... It, Yes, you get an extra mid-premium score compared to a defender, but the defenders are scoring like mid, some of them anyway. Um, right, we'll have to quickly speak about Darcy, old Shrek. That, was, that wasn't pretty yesterday. Um, yep. Spared a lot of time forward. Um, it was probably true 50-50. I wouldn't even be surprised. I haven't looked if Meek had more sort of ruck time in the end. It just They just lack tools. You know, Lob, Lob's actually had a really, really good season, but they need the second guy. And you can see them... Logue's been down there for two weeks, and he's actually created quite a great contest for him. Um, 
so when Tabs is back, I guess uh, Longmuir has a bit of a um, decision to make. But um, yeah, we really need Tabner back there. Need Meek out of the team and need Darcy with that, you know, 80, 90% ruck, ruck time to um, to show his full potential. So um, I think it's just pretty simple. I don't think there's much more to it than that. Um, you know, he could score well as a you know forward ruck, but it's just it's too uh, up and down or too unpredictable to do that. You know, one thing that's always ticked me off watching him is that I just feel like he doesn't get targeted enough inside 50 when he is there either. Like they just don't kick it to him enough. I don't know why. He can shove anyone out the way, and they just don't put it to him enough. But yeah, I mean, we need, we need him in the right. He was he was kicked to a bit, but like him and Gorn had pole opposite games where Gorn could not drop a mark this week if he wanted to. He, he you know, he, a lot though. He was so he been, like, easy. no, he was taking good contests after. If you watch like the baseball players use the sticky tar like to, to help with the spin on like fastball pitches and all this type of stuff, it's a big controversy. It honestly was like he was using that, like the sticky grip. Uh, like he could not drop a mark. It was really impressive. It was, I think, it was Frico, someone that tweeted it was his highest scoring game since uh, the end of 2019, which doesn't doesn't surprise just from what you watched. And then Darcy was a little bit the opposite. Like every um, pack mark that he was kind of involved on, he had the extra to defend him on him. It just never really seemed to be exactly landing in his mitts. But to me, Darcy also looked a little bit off. I don't know if it was just me. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a little bit like under the weather or carrying something. He just didn't seem to be moving as well as he does when he's at his best, um, which is uh, like, I guess a little bit of concern, but we've only got one extra week for the buy. And it could explain why they were using Meek more in the ruck than maybe they otherwise would have in the past, because we've seen ruck and Meek in this, uh, sorry, Darcy and Meek in the same side before. And Meek really hasn't rucked as much and been as dominant as what he has been in the past. So that split, felt off to me, like it was an indicator of something else going on with Darcy, which does have me a little bit worried. Uh, but I don't know if I'm just being paranoid uh, on the back of like a particularly poor week. Yeah. CBAs were 66 to Darcy, 34 to Meek, but that doesn't obviously show true ruck time around the ground either. Shorts, what do you reckon? Not too sure. I just, Meek was by far better on the day. Um, which is worrying because it means that he might stay in the team. Yeah, makes no mm-hmm. jump. He's good. Yeah, he's good. No, he's good. Yeah, he, he'd be the number one rock at like lots of other clubs. He should go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty crazy if you think about how like poor the number one rocks are at a lot of teams this year, and yep. then like they've got Meek sitting number two, not playing games. Like that's someone I'd be looking at if I was a list manager. But it's by the by. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think you guys have said enough on it, but I yep. think it's. If Meek is named next week, I don't. You don't trade him oh, in. I, I mean, don't you think. don't do anything, but you just don't captain him or vice yeah. captain him. Yeah, um, I just maybe see he how still it plays do, out. And I think he went. I still think he went low or mid hundreds last year with Meek in the team, and he he did look a little bit off as well. Yeah. Um, I don't so, think any of those massive one fifty pluses were with Meek though, right? I think the I best think he was went one with maybe like one. To, okay, yeah. I think there was one. He was like one fifty uh, near the end of the year. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's a hold, but don't bring in because yeah. there's less worries oh, with Gorn no, and Wits at the moment. Yeah. Um, but just see how it plays out. But yeah, Fife is coming in. He's supposed to be about that yeah, after. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yep. Yeah, he's supposed to be forward, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that now. So um, a few of the forwards who uh, people are looking at because a few of them, um, you know, we'll have the buy this week and then probably people looking at next week to bring in or what to do. So, I mean, the first one's Bailey Smith. Might, might as well get the, uh, rip the band-aid off and get that out the way. 
got the suspension for the headbutt uh, at three-quarter time. Um, I thought maybe it'd be a week and that would be a great result because, you know, he'd missed that during the last buy round. While you're down a primo, it doesn't hurt as much during a buy round. But it is two weeks and they have accepted it. Uh, so he will be out for basically three weeks and, and I'm just, yeah, trading off the back of that. So um, I'll go to you first, JD. I know you're still thinking about it, but um, I guess it comes down to what trades you have left, what your plans are, but um, uh, where do you sit? Oh, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I mean, just like pour one out for you and me, you know, because like you, you talk a lot about like, hey, you can follow the right process and get the wrong results. And I think that's definitely the case with Bailey Smith. Like we made an educated choice. He was going to get forward eligibility. We were right on it. It was a good trade and we got the 117 and then we got illness, 67, by suspension, suspension. So six weeks of pain for what should have been a primo keeper for us. Um, unfortunately, I think he has to be a trade. Um, but what, what a lot of people should be looking to do this week is to trade him plus two other really fattened up cash rookies and get in two premiums and one rookie. So for me, I'm looking at Bailey Smith, um, DeConning and McCartan out who have been great servants in the, in the background, those two, and bring in two primos and a rookie for those three. Um, I think if you were just trading out, uh, if you were trading out Bailey Smith and two others and you weren't getting two premiums in, then I'd be trying to reevaluate your trades because you're probably not getting enough out of trading Bailey Smith out. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think he's probably a trade just based on the situation so far. The tricky part, though, is I don't think there's any good forward options to bring in this week. So you really need to be trading him out and upgrading in another line. Yep, George, you yeah. agree with that? He has to go. He has to go. Like, that's way too much. Um, three weeks, two in the buys, you're bleeding way too many points. If there's any silver lining, is that you're getting more points this week mm. than what you thought you were going to get. Yeah. So it means that if you're planning on going down to four injury trades... Um, go to three. Go down, go down to three. This yeah. is you what just, they're for. You just used one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, like, the positive thing as well is like, I know you're a Darcy Cameron owner, which has been a fantastic trade. Oh. So clap on that. But um, when Cameron's t- like, you know, finishing up as Brody Grunny returns, Bailey Smith should be bottoming out there. So you can kind of get George. a good start. Yeah. <laughs> like I so, go there again? <laughs> yeah. And I think you have to, because he's going to be a top six forward at the back end of the year. Once he's up and running again, um, yeah. it's just a really unfortunate situation that we should have had him now. Um, yeah, anyway, it's, uh, it's a little bit similar to those that traded in English at the start of the year. Like they should have been rewarded for that. I think it'll be a nice pod because he'll come back. He knows he's let his team down. And to be fair, like <laughs> Tui provoked him and headbutted him first. He just didn't connect well. And then, yeah, this was just <laughs> it's a bad look, though, right? Like, uh, yeah, I actually, but, um, yeah, but on the letter of the law, I don't think it was really much impact, but I guess they've just gone down the route of not wanting that look, like funny, game, which is fair enough. But it's like it's the eye like gouging category. Yeah, I reckon Buddy's punch on Cochin the week before was a worse look than the like you know the the kind of the headbutting thing because mm. he actually like swung at him versus like and like didn't have good connection versus Bailey Smith he didn't like he had he tried to headbutt him but he didn't like really go at it hard like it didn't mm. like he was just anyway whatever like it's yeah. never him it's think, funny yeah, two, the two probably players in the AFL with the most eyes on him. Uh, other than Dusty. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. Probably not and what the they funny want, thing but... is, you would, like, Dusty's got the bad reputation, but I don't, you wouldn't catch him doing that stuff, nah, I don't think. No, nah, I don't think he's really he's ever done not, stuff not like that. Oh. 
Um, no, right, move on to the other dog. But just quickly on, <laughs> on Bailey Smith, I think he'll be a nice pod because he'll come back. He's a proud player. He works. I, don't, I think there's a few players that work harder than him. He'll come back raging and he'll do well. He'll finish the back end of the year really well. So I think he'll be a nice pod because people and the dogs might be in a him. spot where they need it too. So they're fighting yeah. for a spot. Yeah. In the eight. So, so we'll go to the other dog then. Oh yeah. So final, just to wrap on on Bailey Smith. Trade him this week. Make sure you're getting in two premiums with a couple of other fattened up cash rookies. Um, there's probably no good forward options this week, especially with Taranto out. I, like I don't know even know who you target coming off the first buy. I don't think getting Cogs or Butters back in is a good move. So try and upgrade another line. There we go. Let's go. Yep. Bond is the next one. Um, now he had his shoulder heavily taped. Um, it's not something I look at week to week. George probably monitors the the taping on players more than me. But um, <laughs> post game, Bevo said he had a he's had a minor shoulder AC thing. I'm not sure is that from last year, George still, or is it a is it a recent one? I don't know because I guarantee I I very much remember because it was a week that I put money on him for the brown light that he uh, <laughs> he hurt his shoulder and from around 15 to the end of the year he had strapping we didn't have that. Right? So yeah. <laughs> I can't remember, but um, he, yeah, something's up clearly. And then something, was it his ankle a few weeks ago? Well, that was round one and he played through that. Then they said, nah, that's enough. Take the week off and then yeah. come back. And I still don't even know if he's right from that. He's probably not, to be honest. He's probably playing right now at 75%. So as a, general, as a general rule for me, I don't trade in players playing injured, full stop. I know it's yeah. Bonten Pelly and he will still score well because he's Bonten Pelly. <laughs> He'll play through it. He's a superstar. I love watching him, but I don't like it. And when I traded in Petrarca, even though he's knees like good, it's like it's nothing, but clearly he's been managing it for years. I didn't feel comfortable doing that trade, but it just suited me at the time. And I do regret that trade, even if it's like, well, right now it's been a bad trade given the past two weeks, but I uh, probably deserved it because I really shouldn't trade in players that are potentially injured. So I don't like this at all, but like how, how long is this going to last for? Like, who knows? Is he going to, does he just need a week off and he'll be fine? Because BT was saying in the commentary, I don't know if you remember, like he, um, Bond was talking to the trainers and like BT was trying to like say, like Bond was trying to like push with his, like through his shoulder and saying like, I can't put much force through my shoulder, something like that which is a bit of a concern. And he was scoring quite poorly until the fourth quarter where he stepped up because he's Bond and he just wheels himself. So, yeah. Um, look, I, it's a weird one because I don't want to trade him in, but I'm still worried about not having him. Um, I can't get him in any anyway, but I, I'd, I'd go Luke Parker if you don't have him over Bond at the moment just because of yeah, that. Yeah, that's probably me next week uh, with Dacos going and then another rookie uh, to get the cash to go up. And that's probably looking at one of those two. Now that I've got Baz out, I need a forward again. So, um, yeah, maybe I go Luke Parker instead because of the injury concerns. But, uh, I mean, Bont will still average 105 probably at worst, even on yeah, I think even so. at 70%. So um, where do you sit there with JD? Uh, he wouldn't. This wouldn't have even got any airplay, whatever this shoulder thing is, if it was like any, basically anyone other but like one of the stars of the game, right? Like, like most players are probably playing through something similar. I, I'm not that worried. I think he'll take the week off, rest up a bit. He'll be fine for the second half of the year. If he's been managing it from what Why last that? year through, if he's been managing it from last year through to now, he's still averaged enough to be a top six forward during that period. So, like, I'm not super concerned. I'd still happily trade him in. Yep. I don't know if it's the same injury though. That's probably the well, we don't know. Mark. We don't know. Yeah. Well, 
We'll see. I like. I. I mean, he played that game fine, and if he's taking the week off to rest up, and he's been able to play with it, then like I'm, I'm not worried. Yep. All right. Uh, and then we just spoke about Darcy Cameron before, who I just fortunately traded in a month ago. I didn't even think about it, George. So honestly, I'd probably be even worse off if I didn't somehow pick this guy. But this man's a glitch. Seriously, he does everything. He fills a stat sheet every column. He's so um, good. On it's game. ridiculous. I know you guys have got him in fantasy, so you're loving it. But yeah. uh, I feel like super coach. He was almost like for most of the game, pretty harshly scored. I know he went terribly by foot, but um, you know he did everything. Um, and I think Flyers worked it out after two weeks that they yeah they're better with him, majority ruck than they are with Mason Cox. So um, he, I hope he figured that out for the next month because I'm probably gonna have to hold him. So I think like, they'll do that I, don't going know, I don't know if he's necessarily better in the ruck, but he's definitely better around ground. Like his ability to work in his space. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he tackles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really good follow up and stuff. I mean, so. he's, he's much closer to playing like the Brody replacement role in the sense that he's an okay tap, tap rackman, not the best in the league by any means, but the work around the ground and like being able to play as an extra midfielder while still being able to like be a marking target, he's much he like, closer to the Grundy like mode. Poor man's English to say to compare. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a better rock, but yeah, like I can see the. Like parallels, I just yeah. his ability to work for marks in space and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, like he's probably a better tap ruckman and not as good as around the ground around as the ground. English. Yeah, but like, but it's it's, close. yeah, yeah. And by the way, it's like another one of those crazy picks that's worked out this year because just like picking up a three twenty three thirty k forward in the middle of yeah. the year, just like just generally. Yeah, well, I went Jared Berry, who was life. just like stagnating and doing nothing, and swapped yeah. him to him. Yeah, so like, well obviously, for me, it's. For me, someone who's 17K doesn't really mean much, but it's helped me a bit. But I saw number one overall has him, and that's been huge for whoever that is. And they've they're like 200 points clear a second or something. So that's been massive for them. Um, and it's just that type of pick that can really propel you. So, I mean, the question here we got is, do you hold? Are you going to hold this guy for another month or do you flip him to a bond at the buy? What do you Hell no. I am, I am trading <laughs> in fantasy. I was like, no way. This is too good. He's scoring like he's. I think he's F one. No, no, not over, not over. In fantasy, I think he's F one. Yeah. Um, in oh, actually top six super coach. Not not sure. I think he's like F three close. I think he's top three forward in this role. I really do. It's just like when Brody comes back. So I am not trading in other format. I'm not trading him. Um, in this format, I guess you get a score, and it's probably likely you have to trade him anyway. But it's going to take only one, which is probably really, is really good. Just a straight swap. Yeah, probably make money on it the way things are going. Uh, I would still hold. I think he's a nice pot to have. Yep. I've got I was, Grundy at four to six weeks, by the way. Yeah, I was definitely planning to trade him in fantasy at his buy. Um, oh, so was I. But, but that was when Bailey Smith was still an option. So... I think it's probably more likely than not that I hold him. I've got Will Brody in that format as well, who I probably will trade at the buy, um, just because he's dream like he's got he's super group scoring is so much better than his dream team scoring. So I'll probably move him and keep Darcy Cameron. But yeah, I mean, he's perfectly fine to hold if it works for your buys, which I think it should for most people until Grundy returns, and then you could trade him to a Bailey Smith once he's back. I think that's probably a pretty smart move. Can I can I just say there's a, like a lesson in this, especially for me. And I wanted to pick Darcy Cameron this year, but no, I burnt so many trades for no reason early in the year. I think I, my first six trades, apart from maybe one forced, um, with like feel like Whitfield had to go. Um, I made like no ground in six trades. Like, what are you doing? Trying to fix up stuff and 
trying to reallocate money to fix your structure and stuff like that. If I didn't overtrade early, you know, you hold trades early, you can grab opportunities mid-season. And this was the one, this was the ticket to, you know, he's such a nice pot tape over everybody else. Um, and he's made a stack of money. So, and you'd probably, given his price, he would have got an extra rookie off the field. So he would have been fielding less rookies at the time. So I think for you, you know, it's kind of cancelled out Brody a little bit for four <laughs> weeks. But yeah. um yeah, yeah, other stuff's gone uh, wrong. It's keeping me here, but it would really have helped someone in a good position. So yeah, I think the lesson is if you can hold trades early, you can grab opportunities that come in season. And some years they don't come, but this year, well, this was the one. So, I, I think the other thing as well is like normally this isn't the type of pick we'd go for, and and like why don't these picks normally work, work out middle of the year? And I think it's because like genuine role changes don't really happen at this point in the year. Um, but this one was quite different because it's not like he's competing with anyone else for the number one ruck spot. Like, it's locked in and we know number one ruck score well. We've got lots of evidence of that being the case. So, I mean, there was talk around, like, Cox coming in and ruining his scoring, and that just hasn't panned out at all. Um, so you could see, like, a bunch of reasons why this wouldn't have worked out. But I think it was probably, like, the the one or, like, one of the handful of times where a mid-season, mid-price risk worked out not just well but really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's tricky because I like I don't think this type of trade works every year, but it's been yeah. fantastic for those that have picked him up. Speaking of uh, picks and players that don't work every year, uh, the man that's ruined our season, JD, and that's that's William Brody, uh, all Australian William Brody. Many in the court are, are saying, but um, <laughs> no, nah, he's been he's been unbelievable. Um, and we've got some news on Fife's return. Uh, obviously, played in the waffle last week. Um, and to be honest, you saw this coming. Like, I think Fife going full-fledged into the midfield probably ruins a bit of their chemistry they've got going on at the moment. So I didn't expect him to go straight back in. And a quote from a journo who I don't even know, but he, is, he has got the tick, uh, Corbin Middlemas, uh, says Fife on his preseason statement, because remember at the start of the season or before it started, apparently him and JL had a bit of a convo and he said, nah, mate, I'm playing in the midfield. Um, but apparently Fife said tonight on Fox Footy that... Um, it's over. And he said, like, it just shows that the short-sightedness of sweeping declarations. So he says, we're a different team now, very open to playing forward, but more than anything, I'm very open to playing within our system and whatever best suits the team. So he's come around to that, I think. And with their struggles down forward, you know, Tabs obviously hasn't been healthy for much of the year. Um, they've got Griffin Logue playing there right now. I mean, as I said before, he's done well, but you prefer Nathan Fife probably there than Griffin Logue. Um, he'll probably be more forward, I would say, than mid. He's still going to go in there. Like, you can't not put a two-time Brownlow medalist in the midfield at all, but it won't be, uh, like, a big role, I don't think. Um, we'll just wait and see, I guess, George. I think at least you have a proper premium in his place to combat that in the back half of the year, so it's not going to hurt you guys as bad. But, yeah, he's so good. It's it, oh, I'm, happy, I'm happy for free support. I'm actually really excited just to watch Fife play again. He is um, plus 350k from his starting point. <laughs> and going up. He's 100k more than Petrarca <laughs> next week. So. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. I, I, that's that's I, the best I pick since do. Mickey Barlow. Uh, yeah. better than, no, better than Mickey Barlow. Better. I guess it is because he's um, a keeper. And he's, I think it's yeah. the best of all time, just about. Yeah, I think yeah, Siebel, probably, Siebel yeah. last year, probably pretty close. Siebel went 107, but Brody's like no. 120s. Now it's just getting up, out of hand. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, like this, I cannot believe he like just destroyed my whole season. Like if you if you think about like the story of Will Brody, this is his fifth year in the system, showed absolutely nothing in a terrible Gold Coast list, 
got moved to dump salary cap to Frio, was pretty <laughs> average in all preseason reports, like O'Driscoll, Tucker, all looked like they were at or ahead of his level. He was finishing last in time trials with Darcy, and he was really only going to get a game for a few weeks until Fife returned, which then got pushed out another 10 weeks. And during that period, he's getting like 60% time on ground, but still scoring in this insane points per minute, and he's just grown into the role each week. Now, fair play to him. Whatever he's able to unlock this year is amazing, and he's a very good footballer. But, oh, my God, there's, like, no way that even the biggest Will Brody lover could have picked that he would destroy seasons this badly in Supercross not having him. There's no and, Will Brody lovers before this year. Don't get it twisted. No, well, I, even if, <laughs> no I one even knew what he looked like. I guarantee you right like, now. <laughs> um, and like, it, so the other crazy thing is like every time I've made an upgrade to my forward line, it would have been smarter if I just picked Will Brody. <laughs> like wh- when I traded in Dugowie, it should have been Will Brody. When I when I traded in Bailey Smith, it should have been uh, – sorry, it should have been um, uh, yeah. uh, Brody. When, when I trade. brought in Parker, <laughs> when I brought in Parker, it should have been Brody. And Parker's been a bloody good pick. It's just that, like, like it's insane. I mean, so it's like one of those, like, fair play to George for, like, sucking up your pride and your ego and trading at 350 because, uh, like, I couldn't do it and it's killed my year. But, oh, I, like, yeah, do you know, the, the thing is, right, like, I would follow the same process next year and there could be a Will Brody clone and I'd probably miss him again. All right, it's, it's a really sad thing. But, anyway, this is the last time I'm going to rant about Will Brody and I'm just going to let people that picked him enjoy him because, yeah, fair play, but... Man, it's, uh, uh, people that it's picked bad. him, JD, is ninety eight percent of the competition. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's, 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 there's it's, a lot yeah. of coaches better than me this year. A lot of coaches better than me this year. It's the worst misimaginable. A keeper for two twenty k. That's yeah. looking yep. like top four, top five forward. Yeah, it's like yeah. you missed Zebra last. I think year, you much, honestly. Yeah. I'm surprised you guys didn't start him because he was named on Bow in round one, and I started him. I saw the tog, and I wanted Lipinski really, really bad. So he was part of the Lipinski and Cripps getting those to win. And um, it was like, I saw him get 37 touches in the forward line. And I was like, this is also how I play. If I see a negative pod hurting me too badly, James Sicily as well earlier, I'm like, and they're still underperforming for their price. I'm like, I can't deal with this. I can't get deal with getting smashed every week by these players. I'm trading them in. Even though you know I've lost the points, they're still underpriced. I don't want to sweat on a negative pod. And like you guys, you've had to watch Brody kick your ass every week for 10 weeks. And that's the reality. And it's been painful. Yeah, yeah I think like the other thing is like my my starting team missed so much of the value pick that I was fixing up other really good ones. Like I fixed up Hewitt. I fixed up Crips. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, it just, it is what it is. I had to fix up like, yeah, Hayes and Martin as well. So I like, I've gone over this a little bit, but it's just, um, it was a bad year not to go after extreme value because almost every value pick worked this year. And if you didn't have most of them, then you, you started well behind the ball. But, yeah, yeah I and I think that me... as well is like, to your point, George, it's not just he was a keeper. He's like a top four keeper. So if he was like a F10 or whatever, and you could still be a keeper, like I could upgrade to someone ahead of him and kind of like catch up points at the end of the year. That's just not going to happen this year. Like they're just not forwards that are going past him. So no, anyway, uh, like damn, we've, I, we had like done. a few minutes. Pretty, pretty pity party on Brody again. What's the fourth? Let's keep going. <laughs> George is enjoying it. I bet. I no, 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 no. It's it's worth <laughs> discussing. It's good for next year. Yeah, yeah it's um, good. Yeah, like clearly starting two. I think we we're caught up on the big, big mids, and I had Tuke over say Cripps, and then like Hugh Dixon in the forward line over Brody, something like that. If I went the other way, like that's. I mean, obviously that's mega, mega hindsight, but 
I guess um, one other thing as well, like like Paddy Dow last year was the exact same pick as Will Brody, and that was an abomination. Yeah, yeah, no, I think yeah. Brody's numbers were much better in the VFL, I think. Yeah, yeah. Brody's points per minute has always been really good uh, at any level. That's the thing with him. He just he can't stay on the ground for more than five minutes, but uh, it hasn't hurt him. It hasn't hurt him. Anyway. Uh, we've got another thing here with Timmy Torano. He's unlikely. I just I don't think any of us were, or anyone should be looking at him or was anyway. But um, yeah, uh, if you were, uh, look away now anyway. Uh, all right, important part uh, of the Byrens, as I said at the very top, is is the rookie and downgrades we still need to go to. So uh, there's f- three pretty much uh, potentials this week. Uh, we don't know of any of them. We'll be playing yet, of course, but um, we will probably need two of them too, at least. Uh, and that's the first, well, the first one's uh, where, and he's from GWS, who George already has, and then I think me and JD would be looking to bring in and many others. So, um, I mean... I'm sure there's much we can talk about. Just cross the fingers and hope he plays. But um, maybe we'll talk about him and Durden. I think Jordan just say maybe if you were only grabbing one and they were both named, who would you go? Honestly, um, I th- I think we discussed this on the the trades the, the Thursday pod or maybe it's Wednesday, depending on this week. Um, oh this is yeah, Thursday game this week. I just yeah. see like injury timelines and stuff like that because if Whitfield's still out, like he could potentially take. Where spot the week after, whereas Durden, if he plays, you think he gets a run at it until Weedering's back. But I think Ware should score more points this week. So if they're both named, I think Durden's probably got the better long-term job security. That's if he plays. But I think more uh, points is Ware. So that's the thing uh, with this week. Uh, we... Oh, if we if Whitfield's name and Ware's there, I think Ware's probably got better long-term job security. Because there's no one to push him out. Where with Durden, he will get knocked out by Weedering eventually. Or, or like McGovern when McGovern returns. Yeah, just looking. It's a, well. It's, this is the big buy, buy round where it's Thursday to Monday. So we actually don't know till Friday night, obviously for Sunday. So just spitballing. I think we do the video on Friday still, just because we won't know the GWS teams till then. Um, and then Pies and Demons. I don't think that's super relevant oh. for anyone. Okay, yeah. But uh, it's actually not bad because the first game, Richmond Port, doesn't lock out anyone we really are looking at yeah, to trade in. So do it Friday still anyway, and we'll discuss it then. But yeah, so him, those two defenders, and then Mitch Owens as well. Um, I'd grab him first already, over the others. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've already got him. <laughs> I'm hoping he's named. So um, look at him too. But they're, they're the clear sort of three best. And then you've got Jai Cully here down, who obviously was the number one uh, pick in the midseason draft who... I think they'll just have to play in the second half of the year once he's ready to play. Um, I think they said as much as well, uh, Simpson said. Uh, Once he's up to speed or once he gets acclimated, they'll probably throw him in. So um, he might be one we go next week, uh, even if he's not playing, just to sort of envisage someone that we might need as cover, something like that. Yep. Maybe Carmichael from Collingwood as well. I think he's ready to go, but more about that when it comes. He's got good numbers as well, doesn't he? Um. We'll do, we're doing the Q&A or we'll go through the captains first? Go over captains first, I think. I think it's pretty straightforward for me. Hopefully Meek is out of the team and I'll slap the VC on on Big Shrek. And then backup captains will be Clary or Neil again. They both play after, so uh, decide then. But yeah, if Meek's out of the team, I'll, I'll have the VC on Shrek. Where are you guys heading, George? I'm going to keep it simple. Sometimes I tunnel too much on captains and like miss big scores, but I've had a decent look. I think Cripps versus 
Essendon with a week off could go big. Um, I'm just going to play it safe. Uh, Neil at the Gabba versus the Saints into Oliver at the G against Collingwood. Uh, I don't want to stuff around. I think chances of getting, chances are I should get a decent score. Like, so yeah, two reasonable matchups for each team. The Saints are good, but like no Jack Steele. So I'm expecting to take Neil's VC. So Neil went to Oliver. JD, similar? Uh, yeah, I think Neil into Oliver is the one that um, looks most obvious. There are some other nice options. So if you're trading in um, Walsh this week, like Walsh against Essendon, Cripps against Essendon are both nice. Uh, I could see Brayshaw or Darcy as vice captains against Hawks. Definitely wouldn't want to captain either of those straight. Uh, and then Josh Kelly as a vice captain option against North also good. I wouldn't want to put him as a straight captain, so you'd have to go Jelly into Oliver. Um, I think those are all alternatives that I actually don't mind as well. I think Oliver against Collingwood's pretty safe um, this week because of captain score. So I'm happy to go for any of the high variance options if you want to, or just playing it safe with Neil vice captain. Yep. Cool. Uh, I've got the questions up, George. So I'll just continue here. You can you can see okay. on the answering side. It's probably. <laughs> There's a few we've already answered, so you parish first merit, trade to hold Vaz. We've gone through that. Hold Fatty, as we call him, Paddy McCartan. <laughs> say. That sounds disrespectful. He, he's, that is he's, disrespectful. He's not that anymore. He's actually he's been, been unbelievable. one of the best reviews. Super, super good. So, um, yeah, Luca asks, do we hold him and wait for Stuart, uh, or do you just trade now oh, and upgrade? I want the points. I need the on-point field. I need the points on field this week. I'll grab Sinclair. Um, JD. If you if you're actually in a good spot, you could skip like a Sinclair or Doc and go Stuart like next week or the week after once he drops. If he drops, doesn't score one ninety again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ideally, uh, I'd go for Stuart, but it's just not going to happen with my team structure. So if you're in that position, then yeah, by all means. Yep. Uh, one for probably you, George from Flinos. Will you be starting Jackson Hately next year? Uh <laughs> Well, I put my reputation on the line for the AFL fantasy community and I said that he was going to get like 50% CBAs and he got one. Yeah, played Matt Crouch with 150 metres gained and 30 touches in the midfield. So the good news is, Haley, he actually did at GWS. He actually scored on a wing before. And part of the pick was... Um, Playing cross fixture. Anyway, enough on that. Am I picking Haley next year? Of course I am. Well, don't be silly. That's so free. In dream team. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably. What's wrong with Pendles lately? Oh, geez, if you brought him in, that's probably not gone great. But now, trade him in three geez. weeks ago. Three round average of 70. Oh, I didn't even realize. This is why you don't trade in 33 year olds, JD, because <laughs> you don't know if they're going bad or not. Because they're old. When they have a bad game, or are they old? Is the role not there? Is the cliff coming? Who knows? You got to trade him because too many defenders that are putting up too many big numbers. Yeah, you probably hold yeah. this week and go next week. Yeah, put him, or you could put him to Sinclair this week. But yeah, trade next week to whoever's coming off the mid bar probably makes sense. Just quickly on Pendles, like he's been a superstar for so long. I saw this week he's third or fourth all time now for disposal, just past nine thousand. He's touched the footy think, a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. I think it was Pendlebury that's now, uh, I think he's gone past Gary Ablett for um, second most think, fantasy point scored of all time. I think uh, that was a similar tour this week. So, yeah. yeah super player. Yeah. Uh, someone's asking Ollie Wines. He's averaged 110. 
No. No. And thanks. Sorry. The, uh, sorry. The sub game. Sorry. No. No. Yeah. He. We went well the back end of last year and was like a really good pick for fantasy at the back end of last year. But at the price point, I'd rather have Merritt. That's got better history. No thanks. Same Thoughts way. on Witherden? Some people might have him uh, in their back line. Should I trade or hold? Someone asks. Hold. Probably Me. hold, but if you have the trades, he's got the speculative pick. So is move on. It's still slightly speculative, and uh, yeah, he's like not the best defender out there in terms of playing. So yeah, he's not defensively very sound. He's just got the good offensive weapons. No, and Hearn's still around. So, uh, well, oh, he was this I week. So that killed him. Yeah, yep. trade his ass. Get out of that. <laughs> See, I like. I think it's tricky because, like, ideally, I'd rather have. Sinclair, Stewart, Sicily, you know, Dawson, these types. But can I guarantee that they'll outscore with it in the back end of the year? Like, probably not. So I think it's more a luxury trade, uh, trade category than a must trade. Yeah. Yep. Agree, agree. Uh, from Mersey, probably good for you, JD. What to do with JDG? Dugowie. Oh, my boy, Dugowie. I He's not my boy. He's not my boy at all. I, oh, I regret saying that. Can we, can we, <laughs> we, can we edit um, I'll think um, about it. <laughs> don't use that clip against me. Uh, no, so I like. I think you trade him at his buy if you've got nothing better to do, um, which is probably well was my plan before I was forced to trade Bailey Smith. So now I could actually keep him. Um, I, I think it's tricky. His role is what his role is. He's getting lots of CBA still, but he's not actually playing on the ball that much. They're moving him forward. Outside of that, you're going to get some games where he scores really well, um, especially when he moves forward. He's kicking goals. Um, and then you're going to have games where he just doesn't doesn't play as well. Um, so I think we might see some big scores of him in the easy kills. And then in tough games, you probably see these 80s. And it's just not going to be great compared to a lot of the other forwards you can get. So, yeah, definitely trade him at his bye if you're in a position to do so. Otherwise, he's not the worst F6 that you, I don't know, eventually trade to someone like Bailey Smith when he's back either. Agreed, George. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think this is a pretty straightforward one, but I'll ask it anyway for people that might uh, want to know. But nine trades, go down to nine trades with Parish or ten with Merritt, still have one upgrade to do. I feel like that's pretty Parish. clearly, yeah. It just depends on um, if you can still get the same player you I would ideally have next week. So it's a little bit back to what we said earlier. So if getting Parish this week means that you can't get led next week, I'd rather get Merritt this week, led next week and complete your team like that rather than going... Um, like parish this week and having to and get wait some, a week, yeah, or yeah, or like get a scuffed option next week. So you end up with parish and merit rather than merit and lead. So I think that's the only thing it comes down to. But if um you're gonna get the same completed team next week, it's just a matter of like parish versus merit and an extra trade. I'd rather have parish. Yep. Uh, Doherty worth getting as a last defender. No kick-ins at the moment or hold off for Stewart. Similar question, but to before. Uh, Doc should still be all right. He doesn't really get many kick-ins anyway. Yep. He's so, only had one or two games most of the year. He's not dependent yeah. on them at all. I still don't... Like, I'm not really interested in Doc. I say he'll be fine because he should be, but just because of his history of back ends of the year. But he's had, like, injuries and stuff, to, like, like cancer and all that. So, um, he's had that to deal with, so hopefully that doesn't, nothing happens to him this year. But, yeah. We spoke about that earlier in the vid, but yeah, it should yep. be fine. 
something we kind of spoke about when we spoke about Darcy, but uh, I guess it's relevant with the ruck line now. Obviously, one week is uh, a long time in footy, but Shandy asked, should we now pay 620 for Gorn post the buy? Um, or would you still look at Darcy? Like uh, We get one more week of data, I guess, this week. But So is he picking between Darcy and Gorn? Uh, I believe. I mean, let's throw Wits in there. Let's actually throw them in there and say... People probably at least obviously got one, I would say, of these. Maybe they're looking at their second. Yeah, maybe let's order them here for people post the buys uh, as their final Ruckman. Um, I'm not changing my rankings. It's still Wits, Darcy, gone for me. I think people are overreactionary to one week. Um, I think I'd only move it if I was like, if news came out that there was something wrong with Darcy, in which case I'd move gone up ahead of him. Um, but as we've mentioned, it's Gorn's best game since 2019. I don't expect him to have a series of best games since 2019 over the next few weeks. You'll see him regress back. And when they both regress back, I would still have Darcy from here. Yeah. Sure. There's no way I'm picking Darcy over Gorn at the moment. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I think Gorn's a bit safer. Um, and there's still the durability factor with Darcy. And don't get me wrong. Okay. Um, also, don't get me wrong. Meeks dropped this week. Darcy gets a look at Hawthorne. He could easily put 80 points on Gorn this week. Mm. So I just think there's a bit more safety around Gorn and Wits. And Wits' scoring is disgusting. Like, he's had no tackles for two weeks. No, so no. He's had no marks for two weeks, and he's still gone 120, like 115 two weeks in a row. I was looking, I'm like, wow, it's this like, I don't know either. Points. It's like, what the hell? It's I mean, a, we've got him, but like, anyway, I'll take it. <laughs> it's He's 211 centimetres. I think it's just the hit-out to advantage system is broken. Like, five is so many. And when these Ruckman get a good look, they just go berserk. It's like, they're just yeah. farm points. So, yeah. um, okay, order, ordering them. Gorn, Wits, Darcy. But it's weird because I would have had a different order last week. I just think that Gorn has had... The, this is the third monster game he's had, I think. There's no reason why there's not another two or three left in him. Um, I like uh, the thing that makes me worried about. Yeah, makes me worried about ranking him third is the difference between like his 80s and his 140s, or whether he's sticking his marks. And he's sticking his marks at the moment. So, like, I could see him continue to score very well from here um, if he continues to get those looks, which is scary. Well, I think Gorn and Wits should go 115 to 120 from here. It just just seem, I mean, that's what they're doing right now. Like, why wouldn't they do that in the back half of the year? And then Darcy's variation could be anywhere between 100 and 130, to be honest, just depending on yeah. make and whatnot. So yeah, I prefer this. I sort of have a better idea of what I'm going to get from Gorn and um, yeah. Wits. Uh, let's not forget that other big score from Gorn was against, like, who was it? Todd Marshall for a half. Oh, that was disgusting. Um, and they're really struggling up forward. Like their their forward connection is atrocious. And Goodwin said said so this week. Like they scored thirty points in the first quarter this week, and then couldn't not find a goal for three quarters. And Gordon was the only one really popping up there. So maybe they play more forward. Is my sort of maybe concern. I don't know, but it's not like he was playing terribly there. He was doing uh, unreal. So. Who knows? He was keeping like goals at the start of each quarter. <laughs> like, that was the thing though. Jackson there, quick center bounce, and he's one on one. Tom McCart in the goal square, and one was a mark, and the other was a free kick. So like, yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe he plays more forward. Uh, we've already just spoke about Ollie Wines. That's the second time. Um, Sink and Merritt. So Sinclair and Merritt versus Walsh and Doc. 
So, I guess, right, so there is that 30k difference so, between Sink and Doc. It, it might. Yeah. I think it. Walsh, Walsh, and Doherty should score more, but for whatever reason, I feel safer with Merritt and Sinclair. I like I, and I can't tell you why. <laughs> I just don't want Doherty to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's what's the only thing. Yeah. And I keep saying that, well, and I, just, I really shouldn't have this view. It could be Parish as well. Parish and Doc as well, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's the dockety part that makes you unsure. Though. Yeah, that's, like, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably go Merritt. Doc. No, Merritt Sinclair. Yep. Strange one, but would you rather Stewart and Libba or Bont and Ridley? <laughs> I think it's probably obvious, but it is a strange combination. <laughs> I don't know about Ridley. Yeah, not off his bike. You're, like, you're picking a scuffed option both ways. Like, there's no. I think well, Stuart Libber's pretty good. Well, Libber's good. Because you can't get you know, him. But... People are overlooking Libber. He's the one with the most CBAs at the moment. Uh, I just mentioned no, him in round not. four, Jordan, or when he got DPP, and you shut me down. <laughs> Did I? Oh, shit. Sorry. Nah, uh, you said, like, hell no or no, but yeah, he's been oh. really good. But it, that's the thing. The dogs change every week. You just don't know. He is, he's he's to miss Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably still go the Ridley option. Yeah. Uh, this one's for me. We'll be seeing Shrek or Donkey play this week. I mean, for <laughs> oh, I hope it's bloody Shrek, mate. Uh, as much as I don't Shrek like putting that mask on, freaking hell. That's the Shrek. Um, you know, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting a one thirty this week. And one thirty and above is um, in a Shrek mask line for the podcast this week. Yeah, yeah, which I do thoroughly look forward to. Um, most viable rookie options. I mean, if we he said as if we're going to bring one in before they've even played a game, if we're that desperate, we just don't know, mate. Clearly, I think it's hard to answer before we know teams and whatnot. Probably but, Cully. Uh, I, I think Cully. Not really sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it horrendous to have three trades post buys with a finished team? It's like risky, but it could be fine. I mean, you'd rather have a finished team with three trades than an unfinished team with five trades. So, like, yeah, yep. I think it's your it's your limit. Wouldn't go any less than that. I did it last year, and I hung on for dear life. I think I just had the zebra out in the last round. I couldn't cover four, so that was about it. Um. And then, I mean, the last, that's pretty much it, but there's a little last few on just Zach Merritt as an option. I mean, I was looking before, I think he's the most traded in besides Mitch Owens, uh, Primo. So we haven't, well, I think we haven't really spoken about him at length, but just as a pick, I guess, in general, uh, I've got to go him this week, JD. Is he your side swap from Baz? Are you pretty much going to go uh, that way? I actually think I could afford like a Walsh or a Parish this week, but I've, I'm in the same boat as many others. I've actually got to see if I could still get led next week doing that. And if I can't, then I'll go Merritt this week so I can get led next week. Um, yeah. I mean, Merritt's not a slam dunk by any means. And if you've got a lot of like already pretty average-looking mid-options, then chucking another one in there is probably not the best. But he's definitely value at his price. He should outperform it. And he does have top eight upside if Essendon kind of gets the game together a little bit in the back end of the year, which... I don't know, maybe the buy helps them reset. I, I doubt it. But, like, I think there is some upside there of things that are going Essendon's way just because 
he should get a little bit um, more ball use on the outside, a little bit more link-up play throughout the ground that he's probably not enjoying at the moment. Okay, so I have a question for you, um, JD. Yep. Has Merritt been like the same as last year or has he been worse than last year? Or like how much worse, if any? How do you feel? As his play? Yeah. Uh, I feel like he's like like less than 5% off worse than what he is, something like that, lower than last year. But I like I don't I don't think it's necessarily anything to do with him. Like I don't think he's in a form slump or anything like that. I just don't think Essen's playing well, which has hurt him a little bit as well. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. All right, I think that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, unless you boys got anything else to talk about. What what are you heading back to uh to New South Wales, J D? How's the how's the fight? Uh, yeah, flying back tomorrow evening. Um, so I, I like I don't know when I'm recording and uploading. So we've got a lot of stuff to do on the second home, but um, that should be coming later in the week. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to upload that video of like me crying um, to Gone, <laughs> and that can be my video for the week. Sorry, it's a Discord joke, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, flying back tomorrow. Yeah, bit to juggle with like kids and work and whatnot. So we find time where we can. Um, yeah. But yeah, looking forward to having Thursday night footy back this week. That's I was going to say that, yeah, get get games across a few days, and then well, they've put North and GWS on the Sunday standalone, so that should be great as well. <laughs> I think it's at Marvel Stadium. <laughs> Let's do a nearest to pin. What's the crowd number there? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think ten k. Oh, I think that's overs. That oh, is it? Oh, overs. Yeah. Even the Crows had 22 this week. I was like, geez, what's going North on? North Giants in Melbourne. I just, I, that's 3,000 to me. Four. I mean, they'll probably oh my pump God. them up. That's... They'll probably pump uh, up the Come numbers. on, come on. It, it's a long weekend, right? Like, surely there's going to be some people going to the footy on a long weekend. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no. Any, anything else, George? What are, you, what are you doing this weekend, mate? You're watching, watching, footy. watching the footy. Yeah. Connor McDonald comeback game. I don't know. No <laughs> see plans the, yet. See how, see, how the, see how the teams off the bye goes. Um, big game for us and big game for the Bombers. I actually think the Bombers could get the Blues just quietly off the bye. The Blues with a few injuries in the wrong spots. I know you're going to laugh, Katie, <laughs> but they're gettable at this current point in time. And it is it would be classic Carlton to lose to, to the Bombers, I think. So uh, oh, I'll, be, I'll be watching with keen interest. <laughs> I don't know if you'll you be watching tell, that at all, but <laughs> you can tell. Um, and has been watching uh, Tigers the last few years, like this optimism that your team can win games. You know, no kind of no matter what. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd be surprised if we're competitive for more than a half. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right, that wraps it up. We're never going to go under one hour in one of these for the rest of our life. So uh, thanks for watching and listening. Um, We'll see you guys on uh, Friday. We'll do the, the teams and trades vid. So cheers.